0: when we come out of the mother's womb for the most part is we're unlimited. We're innocent. We're free of any sort of fears other than, you know, being dropped or any loud noises, everything else is built. So, so why is it hard for us to move forward? Why is it hard for, for us to, to really grow? Uh, Because the brain and body love comfort. The brain and body loves pleasure. There there's pleasure in comfort, even though uh, you know, and safety, even though the job sucks, you, you get paid well. There's benefits. There's things like that. But what your heart wants to do is, you you know, you wanna you wanna have a YouTube kitten show, right? Like there's there's certain things that that come up that that really hold you back, and that's where limited beliefs come up. That's where traumas come up. So another way of doing that, another way of uh, helping people change is habits. So it's again the repetition over time of the conscious side of things.
1: Life is going to give you challenges challenges. challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. We have a very special guest today, a very close friend of mine with a very similar story. He worked in the nightclubs, some of the best bars and nightclubs in Canada. And he was in the industry for like 25 years. And it was so good to get into this conversation with him because we both worked in Vancouver during some of the craziest years that I've ever gone on. You know, the 2010 Olympics where we won the gold medal and then the Vancouver Canucks went to the finals in game seven in 2011, and there were just some magical moments in the city, some wild, crazy times. And it was great to talk about those days. And but what's even more exciting is the way he changed his life. And I talk about it in my own story, going from being a bartender into what I'm doing now. And Mr. Johnny Can is his nickname, but his real name is Johnny Cantaveros. He has completely changed his life. And it's, I just want you to know, folks, it's not easy to do. It's not easy to to get out of that industry that was basically shaped our identity, shaped who we were for many years. And Johnny was very good at it. He was, you know, it's funny because I read his bio that he sent me and he's very modest as to like what he accomplished. And, you know, he was the guy. he was you know one of the biggest vip hosts in vancouver he was he was just he was he was the guy and it was it was awesome to be around and even better to see how much he's transformed so a little bit about him As I said, he started working in hospitality 25 years ago at some of the most well-established locations across Canada, and he's transcended into facilitating transformations and breakthroughs via upgrading belief systems, implementing habits that lead to long-term sustained success and healing modalities. So... He's also a high performance a certified high performance coach from Brendan Bouchard who is one of the best in the business if not the best and he's he's dove into Dr. Joe Dispenza's work deeply and he's also able to facilitate hypnosis and healing through that modality as well. So I've been able to experience Johnny's work. I've been able to see him on his journey for the last couple of years. You know, and it's been really exciting. And I'm just super grateful to have him on the show. We actually did this episode live on Instagram. It was the first one ever. We we're, we were gonna record this episode. And then um, I was like, well, do you wanna just hop on a live? And we did, so it was fun. And yeah, if you guys got value from this, share it with somebody in the hospitality industry, somebody that's been in the bar, somebody who wants to help get out of the industry, share it with somebody that you may, feel that this could impact you know because this is both of us although we've made the transition it's also great to be able to go back and talk about the stories and you know there's nothing wrong with the hospitality industry it was good to both of us but there's comes a time where there's a shelf life and it's it's time to move on and for us that was a thing so sometimes that's the case with a lot of people in that industry it's tough to get out so feel free to share that If you guys feel called to do so, if you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button on Apple or wherever you're listening to this, this is available on YouTube as well. Also just a quick reminder, university of adversity summit is coming up May 21st. We have some incredible guests lined up for you guys. It's going to be the most powerful transformational weekend that most of you have ever experienced. I promise you, we're bringing back some returning guests some new guests, bringing them all together for one weekend of just jam packed power sessions of quick 30 minute interviews, back to back to back over three days with some panels at the end. It's gonna be absolute fire and I guarantee you guys will have an amazing weekend. All the information for that is in the show notes and if you go to my Instagram, follow me on Instagram first, second, go follow the link, check the link on the bio, all the information is there for you to check out. And I also want to thank you guys all for supporting me on the Mastering Adversity, my new book for the pre-sale for the campaign. We crushed the goals well over 10,000. We got almost $12,000 in there. Did it in just under a month. I'm so grateful, so blessed to all of you that have supported that. Thank you, working on that book now behind the scenes. Looking forward to that coming out in the next few months down the road. Not exactly sure on the date, but we will let you know all right enjoy the episode johnny can johnny cantiveros coming right up johnny my man what is up brother how you doing
0: hello mr saos
1: all right for everybody that is just joining we have the man himself he's a mental health and high performance coach and a little bit about this guy he started from ego working in hospitality for 25 years at some of the best and most well-established locations across Canada, like the best bars, the best restaurants. This guy has seen it all, and I can't wait to talk about it. He's transcended into facilitating transformations and breakthroughs via upgrading limited belief systems and implementing habits that lead to long-term sustainable success. Dude, Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome the one and only Johnny Cantaveros, Johnny Can, however you know him, to the first ever live University of Adversity recording on Instagram. We're doing it as always on Zoom right now, but this is really exciting. So I felt inspired to reach out to Johnny and him be the first one. So
0: welcome to the show, brother. Wow. Thank you. It's (laughs) it's definitely an honor, my friend. Uh, who would have, who would have known, uh, having the history that we have together, that this is where we end up five, eight, nine years later, bro. It's, you know, I was so excited for this
1: conversation because we have so many similar stories in, in like our past and our evolution over the years and working in the bar industry, and all the crazy shit that went on and now even within the last couple of years us reconnecting and both going through our own growth you know what's going on in the world and where we're at now so dude i'm so excited to dive into that but before for some context for my listeners on instagram or listening to this wherever they're listening to this on the podcast youtube i would love if you could walk us through a little bit of your backstory. Walk us through your journey through the industry that taught you so much and what made you transition out of that. Give us some insight into that, brother.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. That's uh, thank you for the intro. And thank you, uh, first of all, to you, Lance. I really um, acknowledging the fact that you've done all this work to to have this podcast. And uh, it's an honor to be in this with all the guests that you've had and Man, it's uh, it it uh, I re- really appreciate it on so many levels, Lance. And uh, the work that I've been doing lately, and if we backtrack all when it started, uh, this this life that we had. Uh, I was born and raised in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Uh, played a lot of different sports. Played a lot of uh, a lot of fun sports from you know. Name it from like basketball, volleyball to rugby to football, uh, all these different sports, and that's where I found a lot of my joy in my early years. Is you know uh, playing volleyball, playing basketball. Then all of a sudden, you know, when that uh, that testosterone puberty kicks in, starting to hit people felt good. So playing football and rugby, all those different aspects, and uh, I really loved those sports because um, you know it was it was the small guy. I don't know if you could tell right now, but I'm five five, six on paper, but I'm really five, five. So, uh, and and the heart of
1: a lion, the heart of a lion too. remember that.
0: Yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, but you know, the, the, the sports uh, allowed me to, to accelerate, uh, my ability for leadership, my ability to bring people together, and and have fun, and it's something I really loved and excelled at. School at the beginning, not so much. Uh, so you know, playing sports really helped me through my teenage years. And right out of high school, I didn't I didn't want to go to university, and I don't think it was any position to go to university. So I ended up in the hospitality industry right away. Uh, out of Winnipeg there was uh, Earls I don't know if I, you know I think the people uh, outside of North America Earls is a really fun amazing restaurant that's got a really great foundation and training on leadership and really helping people uh, take their personalities and fit it within a structure that helps uh, create these awesome experiences and I I never thought that you can do this in a restaurant because I used to bus in a restaurant and you know, it was white glove at one point, and uh, to have the flexibility at Earls and to have the fun that I did really paved the way for a lot of my career. So, uh, working in working in the nightclub industry in Winnipeg as well as Earls, uh, working in sushi restaurants, uh, working, yeah, at nightclubs. I ended up, uh, yeah, working. In, I started off in the kitchen. I started cooking pizzas. And, uh, you know, my love for cooking, uh, as well as getting paid, as well as being surrounded by amazing and fun people and just this green light to just have fun and learn at the same time and make money. Man, I was, uh, I ended up being, and not a lot of people know this, but I used to shuck oysters when I was 19 and they called me Johnny Oyster Boy. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> Johnny and, uh, Shuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what I uh, had this amazing trainer and leader named Cam, and he would create these. At, imagine Earls for all the people that know it's like a a a, a fun casual restaurant. Yeah. But so what what this gentleman Cam would do would create these crazy experiences and get people so drunk and get people so wasted and do crazy things and create memories, and he would have this polaroid book and because of that people would just love what was happening and it was you know five o'clock people you know coming in for restaurants with kids on the one side and then you got the lounge and bar the other just crazy so i took that upon and started doing things like that and uh i i ended up uh, moving to vancouver to pursue the passion of becoming an actor and and wanting to entertain so Fast forward to two thousand one, which is you know 20, uh, 20 years ago in June. So it'll be my twenty year anniversary moving to Vancouver. Uh, I had this big, bright eyed uh, vision of me becoming an actor and you know being on movies and, and things like that, and just having fun. And I had some really good friends that are doing very well right now, and I want to do a shout out to them too, uh, Alex Ponovic and Tammy Gillis, that uh, they're crushing it in their career right now and. Uh, it's, it, you know, Winnipeg people just being able to represent on, on a larger scale. So big shout out to those two, because they really inspired me to move out here into to Vancouver and really take a chance. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know anybody. Um, so because I had the background in hospitality, it was very easy for me to get a job. And uh, the beauty of the beauty of hospitality is that you can work anytime you, you kind of create your own hours, especially if you in a place where you can really contribute and add value to any sort of business. Mm-hmm. So I, I was working at Earl's and then I got an agent right away, uh, went, worked at a bunch of different, uh bunch of different restaurants. And then I ended up working at this one place called Sky Bar. Uh, that was uh, from 2002 to 2006. And that, those were
1: those were some good times in Vancouver, too,
0: yeah, so this this bar was being touted as gonna be the craziest top nightclub in Vancouver. Uh, there was there was people behind it that knew how to create parties that knew how to promote something different than than what uh, I was aware of at that time because I was really new and you know, just to be in a nightclub in Vancouver and just seeing all this flash and just you know big city stuff, I'm like whoa this is so cool and you know like this is the the underdog story for me again it's like how can somebody from winnipeg who's five five uh you know land a job at this top nightclub and i realized through some of the contacts and and doing some reflecting that there wasn't in and then through that uh he's the one that ended up hiring me uh and uh Everybody on the management team always got one that they couldn't question who they were going to hire, even though everybody else did not want to hire me. So this this gentleman, Rob Swiderski, he uh, he brought me on, and honestly, the amount of experiences at Skybar were insane. Um, you know, top nightclub at that time. There was uh, Hollywood North was just evolving. And it was, you know, you had all the movie, all you had all these movie actor, movie stars. And, and I remember one time in in the room, uh, I was working up in the VIP room as a bartender and it was just full of NHL players. It was full of actors. It was full of, you know, the, the who's who. And it was crazy uh, if those walls could talk. And it was a lot of experiences were happening in there. And it was it was so awesome. And my, my friendly Manitoban, uh, I think is, and my humility and where I came from really helped me pave the way because for customer service, for things like that, uh, being friendly and wanting to welcome people and aiming to please is, uh, is, is really important. So I was really good at doing that and recognizing people and, and following up with people. So... Yeah, there was plenty of dress ups. There was plenty of full moon parties. There was plenty of late nights. there's plenty of rubbing elbows. Uh, there's plenty of you know questionable scary nights. You know, that's part of the nightclub. That's part of the the mystique behind. There's a little bit of danger sometimes on who you don't you don't know who's across yeah. that you're serving or who or who you're not letting in. Mm. So uh, developing a thick skin on you know people. Really wanting to threaten you to you know have nothing to do with you but wants to get in and yeah the 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 sense of of entitlement to the sense of pride to all of these different aspects on people just wanting to to have a good time and uh, when I was working at skybar, you know that was that was one of the passports everybody wanted to go to skybar at one point. Uh, So to be a part of something like that was, was really amazing. And I was, and I was working too, as an actor, I was getting small gigs here and there. So man, Mm -hmm. rubbing elbows with Jean-Claude Van Damme, Jason Statham, uh, you know, The Rock, all these people and not in a sense where it's like, holy shit, but more like these people are just wanting to have a good time. So yeah. And I'm just, not dropping their names to, to, to give me accreditation or anything. It's just more to, you know, like from my standpoint, my perspective, I'm looking at these guys that I've seen, uh, on TV, like I'm rubbing elbows with them and they're buying drinks off me and they're, we're, we're shooting the shit.
1: Yeah, bro. I mean, that's what, that's why working in an industry is so fun. Cause you can tell those stories, man. Why not? Like you've rubbed shoulders with all these people. It's awesome. It's like, it's part of our life experience. Right? Like I love hearing that people love that. Right? Mm-hmm. Like there's so many cool people. And so I want to just pause for a second. I want to ask you a couple of questions about this. Sure. So I kind of want to get into like the nuts and bolts of like, why, first of all, what did you like about that industry? Because for, for myself, when I look back, people ask me, you know, you know, what did you like about that? Why did you do it? And why do you do what you do now? And for me, the answer is always because I loved connecting with people and I loved giving the experience to people. And I mean, whatever, there's so many different reasons why people love that industry. But for you, what what did you really gravitate towards? And second part of that question, why do you think that you excelled so much in that area?
0: Yeah, yeah. So as I reflect, uh, I think the biggest thing on why I loved it was the validation. Mm. If we were to get to the core, the nuts and the bolts of it, is the validation of uh, being recognized, of, of of being seen, of being able to provide service and a transaction. Um, you know, there's and how that how that shows up is, you know, I matter. Because I'm able to put a smile on somebody's face, I'm able to have them have experiences that they'll go back and I, I get it all the time. And, uh, you know, at, at one point, I would go to different airports and people would say hi to me because of, uh, I was able to create experiences for people. And uh, that, that validation of, of people remembering uh, me and experiences, you know, that's, I think that's what I, that's what I enjoyed. Uh, but it was at a cost. And uh, I think we'll get into that at some point. So, uh, but, you know, it was my ability to be a resource. It's my ability to uh, connect with people. It was my ability to uh, help uh, create a sense of uh, safe and trust, even though it's in one of those environments that are chaotic. And, Mm. you know, uh, what's the word? Organized chaos, Uh, Mm. you know, I was able to, to provide that uh, in, in many different ways. So I think that's, uh, that's one of the things and yeah, just, just, you know, I, even though I was connecting with all these big, crazy, you know, super A-list actors to uh, NHL players, to athletes on many levels, it was also the, uh, the other ones that had 20 bucks in their pocket that didn't have a lick, lick of money, uh, but I, I acknowledged them and, you know, said hello to them and made sure that they feel welcome for the most part. Uh, I, don't, I know that there's, there's different times in my career where that wasn't the case, but for the most part, yes, that's,
1: I love that. So I I'd like to ask you also about while we're talking about these a listers and we'll get into it more cause you rub shoulders with a lot of people, but was there somebody that stands out that you looked up to like that you saw and you might've thought were a certain way because they're going to be, they're successful. They're here. They're, you, you have this perception that they may be some sort of, asshole, you know, because whatever reason, like we hear these things. And then when you see a person, sometimes they're just such a great dude or such a great woman. And you're like, wow, that person is so successful yet. They're so human and they're so great. And, I, what I ask is like, is there somebody that stood out to you in those years that still like really made that impact, that imprint? Like, wow, that person was awesome. Like that person is really inspiring
0: or some sort of left you with something. Hmm. That's, that's a great question. Uh, if we're to reflect just in that time period, that's really tough for me to say. Mm. Uh, I, I, think, uh, I think the, the, the rock was uh, very humble a uh, humble person and um uh, very kind. Uh, so if we're talking about the the, the Hollywood type the, the Hollywood actors, I think The Rock was was really awesome in, in that and he was very humble. Um if I was just geez who did I come across there was <laughs> such a while
1: well we could come back to that because you, yeah dude like I mean you you've it's like somebody asked me, you know who's your favorite guest it's like well it really depends and then it comes to me later so we can come back to that because i think it's important to address because there's so many people and i can i can resonate with this because there's times there's people that come on the show that i'm thinking oh this is going to be so awesome and they're actually not what i thought and then sometimes the people are are well they just have this arrogance or they've like whatever and there's people that i've thought oh, wow, this is going to be really challenging. And then I'm like blown away by their humbleness. Like they're so successful, yet they still don't have that, you know, that mm-hmm. real, like I'm better than you mentality. So it's interesting yeah. in that industry, right? Like it's very yeah. interesting.
0: Well, I, I know I could answer that for, um, for my whole experience mm. over the past 25 years. There's two people, mm. uh, Hulk Hogan. I got to lock arms with him in Calgary. Mm. and I got to sit down and chat with him and that was freaking cool and another person is uh Stan Lee I got to I had the opportunity to be in his office and have a conversation with him and uh in Beverly Hills and that was uh, that was uh you know that was pretty awesome so Mm. I think I think those are those are the two that uh that I, I think people have a great understanding of who they are and the capacity of what they've been able to do to to be impactful mm. on many levels.
1: Right. You know, I remember coming across you and we're, you know, because one of my roommate, Arsha, worked with you at Republic. And, yeah. you know, I was very new. I was working at Earl's in 2006 and seven, And, like, I remember being exposed to that world from the first time and just seeing, like, holy fuck. Like, what is good? What is this? <laughs> what is this? Is like, this is crazy Come, coming yeah. from Victoria to like Vancouver. And like I Earl's was my first job, first bar job other than the keg. I was a buster in Victoria, which was good. But I remember seeing you and I remember like the world that I was exposed to. So I would love if you could like walk us through that for you, man, because you got to work through some of the biggest, craziest things like the Olympics Canucks, you know, getting to game seven and all that stuff. Walk us through that a little bit.
0: Yeah. So 2006, the uh, Republic opened up uh, and that was part of the Donnelly group. And I was actually uh, working two jobs at the time. I was a part-time bartending at Republic and then a part-time uh, working at a place called Sanafir. And uh, it was a, it was a, a Middle Eastern Moroccan, uh, uh, like Miami style restaurant where they had beds uh, up top and, uh, and I ended up, uh, ended up working full-time at Republic. And that was, uh, 2006 to 2011 were such a big blur because, (laughs) you know, Republic had this, uh, had two licenses. So we had to work within the rules of of the government, and uh, it, it was so nuts. Like if you talk about people wanting to get up and do whatever it takes to get up to the upper bar uh, inside a club, it's it was hilarious because I'd have people on my guest list, and then all of a sudden they'd want to get upstairs and they couldn't, and they 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 were literally once you're in the building, you feel like. You know you're in the building, so anything's available to you. So it's like if you're in IKEA, you know you you have access to anything and everything. And it was kind of like that to a degree. It was just mayhem, and it was crazy. We we would always host different different people at different times, from uh, some of uh, some of the the funnest people uh, to some of the craziest people to uh, Flavor Flav. Uh, man, we. we... oh to to come across flavor 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 that just came to me just now uh because i just remember some pictures that we had and him being on the bar and him being on the mic uh saying his catchphrases to you know uh who's that uh marky mark to yeah to all these different different actors to all these different hockey teams and it was just awesome to be in that time because it was uh it was, I think, when nightclubs were, were that much more fun, and mm-hmm. I think you you know what I'm talking about. Uh, there was a period in time, and uh, I guess every generation goes through this, where there was always this this golden era of nightclubs, and uh, I feel that uh, that uh, as far as 2006 was a, a golden era for at least where I was working. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so I ended up uh, we ended up doing like bottle service style. Uh, service at uh, at republic and then through that based on my love for creating experiences my love for connecting people and uh, creating shit shows <laughs> uh you know, this is, uh, this was another opportunity for me to level up from shucking oyster or sorry, from flipping pizzas to shucking oysters to bartending to now this. Mm -hmm. So there was an evolution of, you know, the, the service that I was able to provide and work with. And it was awesome. Like we were five nightclubs in at the point of Olympics, uh, you know, having, yeah, five nightclubs, uh, a bunch of different VIP hosts and shout out to those guys. If they're listening to this, uh, man, that was such a great opportunity. And, uh, to, to Paul Stoyle and to, to all the, all the bosses, Donnelly and, uh, Reed and those guys, uh, Brooksy, all of them, man, it was awesome. So, uh, just being able to create something from an idea to expanding it through all these different clubs, uh, and it being, uh the foundation of some other businesses and uh man we we had a lot of fun yeah It was, I was crazy nights
1: mm, yeah. yeah it was wild it's wild to think to to think about those times and how you know you know from my perspective and yours i mean i can't even imagine what it w- must have been like you know cuz these were these were the spots these were like everybody went there vancouver was such an interesting city it's small it's, you know, like downtown is so small and mm-hmm. it becomes like these, these spots where you go, you know, and it's so cool to talk to you about this because we both experienced a lot of it, but a little bit different. And I have mm. a question about you, bro, about, about that industry. Okay. Cause now kind of pertaining to more of like now when I reflect on leadership, I like to ask people about leadership. I like to ask people about why things certain people succeed in certain areas and why they don't. When you look back and you look at these nightclubs and the success and your own success, Uh what did you do well when it came, because people listened to you, you did well. What do you feel in your leadership style? Did you excel at in order to grow and advance the way you did?
0: I think, uh, I think what it was is, uh, some of the service standards that I had, uh, for not only the execution but also uh, the consistency, for the most part, uh, I think uh, I, I think what allowed me to do that is 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 to be able to picture and in, envision how I can how I can create better experiences, how I can always improve, and I think that's a that's a really big part of of. I think all of leaders is their ability to be creative and finding solutions, uh, as well as um, uh, being able to communicate that. Mm. Uh, Don't get me wrong, where I am now as a leader, uh, where I was when I first started being in the hospitality industry of the VIP host aspect of things, I had mentors, and I think this is an important part too, mentors and bosses uh, like Mike Shea. Uh, that that really pulled me back and said, "Hey, what you're doing right now, we love what you're doing, but you know, if you want to continue doing this, this has to change." And man, there is there is there is definitely lessons uh, that uh, that I've learned. So to answer your question, uh, I think it's the ability to to adapt, uh, the ability to improve, the ability to look at options. Uh, And and surround yourself in an environment where you can do that.
1: You know, what I find interesting about that industry is your ability. You have to balance things. And it's really challenging because you got to be the party person. You got to be the guy or the gal. You got to show a face. You got to be, you got to have the energy. Yet you still got to put your business hat on. You got to do your numbering hat. You got to make sure at the end of the night, people aren't fucking around and people, things are getting done. And what I noticed, man, that was so mentally exhausting because you can't, it's almost impossible to not drink and be in that environment. It's doable, but like as human beings, you get grumpy in that environment if you're sober, right? I mean, it's a nightclub, it's loud, but you also need to balance to be able to still do your job. And yeah. still still have the respect of your staff because, you know, there's a certain level of like, you want their respect, you want to be friends, but you have to still keep your position. And that's what I find so interesting is looking back and how there was people that could do that. And there's people that couldn't. Right. And walk us through that a little bit, man. Like, how did you balance all that? Because sometimes we discredit that industry for what it is a lot. But we learn a lot of shit. Like there's a lot of good things that happen in that industry that allow us to move forward. Mm-hmm. So walk us through that a little bit, brother.
0: Yeah. You know, I I, I I realize more and more now because of the work that I do on your your ability to and the human ability to evolve and, and grow. And once you start making things a habit. Then all of a sudden, it just becomes who you are. So, your ability to take on more, whether it's delegating or whether it's doing it yourself, uh, becomes more of a skill. And you know, like I said, hospitality industry taught me so much about uh, reading a room, about forecasting uh, for business, about being creative, and not falling into the trap of, you know you can't do the same promotion over and over again. It has to be fresh. It has to be new. It has to be different, Um, you know, or you need to tweak it in a way that's a little bit different because now more than ever, humans need novelty and uh, having an understanding of novelty right now uh, on what we need for, for, for growth and for attention is, is really important. So at that time, uh, it was building skill set upon skill set upon skill set, uh, to the point where you know, like I remember uh, when I was in my heyday, in the heyday of the, the the VIP hosting. It was it was five nightclubs. It was promo tours. It was uh, making sure guest lists are on point. Make sure you had the stock. Make sure the staff was on point. Making sure we weren't stepping on any toes that when we were going to uh, to these promo tours to just keeping track of who you're communicating with, who you're talking to. And, and also, yeah. Did I say having your phone on 24 seven because, uh, because... Blackberry, Blackberry messenger back then BBM. Remember that? That's right, man. So my, my phone was always ringing. There was always something there was always, uh, something to take care of. There was always something to build. There was always something to promote. Mm. So, uh, so, so being all that during the Olympics uh, while having my parent, my family here uh, and uh, yeah, Olympics five nightclubs a uh, bunch of staff. Uh, yeah. Having the phone on and still hosting and partying. And <laughs> that was nuts. That was such a pinnacle. And I remember majority of those days that I had there, uh, during the Olympics, man, that was, that was awesome.
1: Mm. Yeah, dude. It's, that's the thing is like, I know th- this is so perfect. Cause how, what we're talking about is that I beat myself up for so long about my days in the bar and how stupid I was and what I did and whatever it doesn't. And that, and, and, and it is what it is now. But now I realize, holy shit, there's a lot of good that I had to learn about myself. There's a lot of things that we did. There's a lot of things that most people can't do. Most people do, like, let's, let's call it how it is. Let's call it how it is. Most people <laughs> couldn't do five nightclubs and go around and stay organized, and be able to run these and have the respect of the staff, be able to get get all this stuff ready, get a promo tours. I remember that, man, you go for a promo tour, you have too many shots. You're like, Oh man, I'm fucking wasted. (laughs) Like, and then you're like, you know, but, but, but like it's, I remember, and that's why I could, I could resonate with this, but I wasn't, a wasn't, I was only a bartender there. I did this in Australia, but yeah, but there's a certain skill. There's a certain thing. There's a certain magic that you have to have in all these different areas with people, with your business, with the, with the public. Now that's a big deal. And like, I just want to acknowledge you, bro. Acknowledge myself because bro, like, (laughs) you know, we, we both, that's a, that's a lot. And anybody that's listening, that's watching is joining this, that have been in the hospitality industry. You guys understand, like you get your ass kicked, you get beat up. It's, it's challenging. You learn a lot, you know? So like, I just, I fully want to acknowledge that brother. And you know, the journeys that sometimes when we, when we, when we decide that it's no longer serving us anymore, there's a lot of things that we can take with us. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would love to kind of hear about more about, okay, that's all great. Things are going well, you know, everybody, I moved away in 2012. What happened after the whole Vancouver, you know, the, the Olympic gold medal, the Stanley cup, what was in that time period from then until the next couple of years
0: yeah so i ended up moving to calgary i ended up uh, working with penny lane entertainment group and for people that don't know that it's a it's a powerhouse they at that time uh, in 2012 it, they had cowboys, uh, they, they cleared out a bunch of their businesses from, uh, Kaylee's to a bunch of other, a bunch of other bars and nightclubs. And they stuck with, uh, moving into the casino of cowboys, uh, and opening up a sushi restaurant slash, uh, Yakiniku. So like, um, a Kobe here hmm. where it's uh teppanyaki, uh, and, uh, I, I got a job as the general manager there uh to help open that up because of my background in in hospitality, not only with restaurants but bars as well. So it was a mixture of a lounge slash party party place slash restaurant. So it was the perfect fix and fit for what my skill sets were at that time. And uh it, it, yeah, grew uh, opened that business. Uh, they gave me such a, such a, a open palette to to create and build, and it was a it was a beautiful opportunity to to really see what I had. Mm. I came to a point where it was it wasn't working out for me uh, because at that time I was in such a rush and so much pressure to do so many things that I didn't think it was enough. So I stepped away. And then I came back and uh, with the the hospitality group and Penny Lane and became the general manager of Cowboys. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know if people know what Cowboys. Give, give is. some
1: give some context for everybody yeah. that's joining. Tell them what Cowboys is, please. Just give them the full elevator pitch, just so that they know.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> Cowboys started in Calgary, I think in 1999, and when I went there, it was it's I think it was. When I'm, I was also bartending there uh, in the times that I talked about Sky Bar because they would, they would fly me there to bartend at Cowboys. Now, Cowboys, it, how it sounds is pretty much how it sounds. So, uh, it's a mixture of uh, a a a cow, um, a country bar and a party house, an animal house, and almost anything goes. Mm. And, uh, you know, they're the type of people that would bring in anybody that was famous. Uh, When I first went out there uh, in 2012, they brought out Kim Kardashian. Uh, You know, they had the the Cowboys tent during Stampede. And the numbers that happened through Cowboys during Stampede is any I I, correct me if I'm wrong here. If anybody's listening from the Cowboys management team. Uh, but you're looking. Sarah, at... Sarah,
1: Sarah's on there. Sarah's talking yeah. about Cowboys. What's up, Sarah? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so I think there's anywhere from a quarter of a million people that run through this bar and tent uh, in fourteen, or sorry, ten days. In ten days, That's... there's qu- a quarter of a million people that run through. So, if you could imagine the the party and the shit show that happens there. You know, I was a part of the management team to to bring it forward, and there was a the, the organizational things uh, that that were in place that 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 was meant to succeed and uh, to be a part of that. And again, the underdog, the the five six Asian from Winnipeg, Manitoba, being a a a manager, general manager for this place called Cowboys in Calgary, man, uh, people. <laughs> I'll tell you a story. Uh, there was a couple of times, there's been a couple of times where you have these uh, large human beings uh, that were upset and they would say, where's the general manager? I want to speak to the general manager. And me looking up at these guys like, yeah, that's me, man. How can I help you? No, I want the manager. Give me the, the general manager. And I'm like, yeah, that's me, man. How can I help you? He's like, no. And it would like, this guy, these guys would get upset. And the bartenders would have to defend me. And the security have to come around me and saying, Hey, this is the general manager, how you can help because, you know, for me playing sports, me playing rugby, I'm not adverse to stepping up to somebody and saying, Hey, what's going on? I'm not afraid of conflict. I'm not afraid of, you know, uh, somebody coming in in my face and, or uh, somebody stepping up to my face and saying, you know, what, what's the problem here? Well, I take it head on and I I have no qualms about, about defending myself and, and, and doing what I need to do. So, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, Cowboys is one, one of the premier bars in Western Canada, if not Canada, at one point, their earnings, uh, was in the top 10 of North America for nightclubs, just to give you an idea. Wow. So So to, yep. No, keep going. Yeah. So to be a part of that and to do that, uh, you know, is an testament to, I think what people saw in me, you know, sometimes I didn't see it in myself, but you know, they gave me, definitely gave them an opp- gave me an opportunity to, to, to grow and, 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 and be a leader. So I really thank them for that. Johnny, I want to talk about a little bit how
1: the transition happened. So you obviously had experienced a lot, worked in all these amazing environments there's a lot of darkness that comes into our lives, you know, and eventually it's too much. And we want to make it, we want to get out of it. It's not sustainable. You realize we're getting older. I can't keep doing this, right? We push it. And what I would love to know is what was the pivotal moment for you where you're like, fuck, it's time to make a change here. Like I, you know, cause I know in our heads, we think we should for a while and then we don't, but then there's that moment. It's like, okay, things have got to change. Walk us through that a little bit. Mm-hmm
0: yeah it was in two thousand and eighteen and you know for the people that are paying attention uh thus far and still on here thank you and uh it was it was this validation it was looking to seek validation uh from an outside source, and that was the hospitality industry for me. And it came to a point where I was remunerating on different jobs, moving from Calgary back to Vancouver, working for another hospitality group that gave me another wonderful opportunity. And I just wasn't happy. And, you know, I, then I went to another, another spot. I went to another spot and then ended up at the, at the newest casino here in Vancouver. And, uh, the, on paper, it sounded like such a great opportunity uh, as far as, you know, to to learn from Las Vegas, to learn from all these uh, these leaders. And, you know, I, I still felt like I was going to be part of hospitality for a long time. And I I gave it my all because I felt like this is an opportunity for me to make an impact. And, you know, once people validated me from Vegas, then, you know, because at one point I wanted to move to Vegas because of the, the VIP hosting that I was doing in 2016. 2008 to 2011 and i i there's some photos in my social media account and my instagram that if you look back there uh, i was exhausted mentally and physically uh you know for the people that that are, have opened up uh restaurants and bars so you know what it takes and what's important uh uh and what's required for commitment and time to, to open something up. And then not only do that, but to maintain that and work through staff quitting, working through uh, customers, not being happy, working through dishwashers, busting, working through construction, working through uh, so many factors of, 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 running a business. And, uh, you know, I don't think it's mutually exclusive to hospitality, but hospitality is a, a different breed. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's a different space. And um yeah, I was exhausted mentally and physically, and it came to a point where it's like uh, I, I made some I made some uh, demands from the business in order for me to stay and contribute in a way uh, because I I realized I knew what my worth was in that business. So even though it was uh, it was challenging and it costed me uh, my health and relationships at that time. It it helped me realize that that my worth uh, isn't going to come from anybody else but me. So I took a step back and I went cold turkey and I dove deep into meditation. I dove deep into yoga. I, do- I dove deep into self reflection and taking a step back and you know my my whole life up until that time was always go 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 and never enough time to to center and to really reflect so um at the when when i was when i was going from job to job place to place i was like what the fucks going on and what it came down to there's there's one factor that was always in any of that and that was me and there was a, there was a realization to that so i said okay so what do i need to do because this level or this definition of success isn't isn't long term for me. So what do I need to do to determine this next level of success or what's going to benefit me so that I don't because I, I love sports, I love athletics, I love being healthy, but I always I'd always sacrifice it for the name of of the business. And I think you know, a lot of people can relate to that. And, you know, how can how can these other people do it? and still maintain the consistency and, and commit to it. So uh, I looked at processes, I looked at beliefs, I looked at um, my old habits and, and really dove deep into what's out there that can really help me uh, take on the next level and build a new uh, belief and build new behaviors.
1: Yeah, I want to unpack that a bit. So you have worked closely in becoming a certified high performance coach with Brendan Bouchard. One of the arguably one of the best coaches out there of our modern day. Like he is fucking phenomenal. And also, you know, working and studying Dr. Joe Dispenza, who I talk about all the time, Mm -hmm. and is just really was the person that really took a mystical concept and really brought it into a tangible, digestible way mm-hmm. to understand it. So I know that you were, you know, you work with being a high performance coach. Let's unpack that. What does it mean to be a high performance coach? And well, wh- how did that lead you into like working with because you you know hypnotherapy, breath work, all of that? And how does that all work together at really helping shift? identities and who into becoming somebody else that they want to desire
0: to be. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. All right. So, uh, so when it comes to certified high performance coaching, it came through, uh, the practice of, of meditation through Dr. Joe Dispenza. And I was asking through his meditations, uh, What's what's something that I can I can do independently that's going to allow me to create experiences that's going to allow me to use the skill sets that I've learned through hospitality through sports and and I asked the question I asked the question and uh, Brendan Burchard whether it's synchronicity or whether it's his marketing it doesn't matter uh, it showed up and uh, he had this book High Performance Habits. And when I read through that, it was pretty cool and pretty awesome. And uh, the, at the at the back of the book, there was saying you can become a coach. And through that, I was like, "Yeah, that makes sense." And I did more research on this. And the this this uh, this program is based on the largest study of the world's highest performers. And how they define high performance is the ability to be fully engaged and stay healthy within yourself and in relationships uh, without sacrificing your health, without sacrificing um, your other aspects in your life where it's a very holistic way of, of coaching. And it's also through long-term sustained success. Mm-hmm. So what what I learned through doing the research of, of this coming up is that uh, they've got practical tools, mindsets, as well as habits that can really help you be really clear in your day, to be more engaged and vibrant in your day, to really take bold moves and 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 do life's work and staying highly productive, not only for myself, but also I can coach that for others. So so being a certified high performance coach was was such a, a big eye-opener because it opened me up to what I was asking for from the universe and that's the autonomy that's to do the work anywhere in the world that I wanted to. So, uh, no different how you do your podcasts. I can coach anybody from anywhere. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm three years into this and, uh, doing my third level certification at the end of March here. And man, it's, it's, it's such a beautiful community because it's a mix of, uh, of so many different people of coaches, all different types, sizes, uh, you know, backgrounds, there's, there's so many professionals that are using his program as, as coaching. And, you know, the, the, the shifts that I've had in myself to what I've had with my clients so that they're living more purposefully, so they're living more engaged and they're living, uh, not feeling overwhelmed. They're feeling like they could take on more. Uh, it, it's such a beautiful process. Yeah. And
1: Yeah. Sorry. Keep going.
0: Yeah. So, so through that process, I was finding that with coaching, it's, it's not, there's difference between coaching and consulting and coaching is really activating. And, uh, for at least for certified high performance coaching, it's really a Socratic way of coaching. So I ask questions, so that we uncover the truths of what's gonna be important for you to move forward so that you can be fully engaged so that you can take bold moves and, and being vibrant. Uh, because what, I, what we do in this process is we create help you create trust within yourself. And it's a very present way of coaching and moving into the now and what could, we can do now. We don't look really into the past. We we use some sources of what you personally experienced in the past to have you a grasp of where you can go in the future. But right, but coaching is what can we do right now? What can we do to move forward right now? And what I was finding was some of clients or some of the things that were holding people back from growing was any sort of limiting beliefs, any sort of traumas, anything from anxiety, to depression, and ethically, that's not our job. That's not our role as certified high-performance coaches. You refer people to that. And uh, I, I I saw this work by Marissa Peer, and she has this thing called rapid transformational therapy. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I learned more about the program and I said, why not add this to add this to my coaching or to my services and uh, where I can help people uh, really let go of these limiting beliefs and then give them all these habits and tools and mindsets of the world's highest performers. And I can help people accelerate and grow and experience uh, life in ways that uh, before, like myself, that. I wasn't allowed to do certain things because my life was so wrapped up in what I thought was success was. And that's the validation through, through other sources. Uh, Whereas, you know, as the coaching, uh, it's that worthiness that, that you get from uh, the rapid transformation therapy. It's the, it's the unmet needs being brought to light and being dissolved. And then from there uh, really putting in these beautiful, Thoughts, ideas, beliefs to help you accelerate, to help you engage and live more influential and live more purposeful, and and making the time the best time possible. Mm-hmm. So, so having, so if you take a look at the the two practices, uh, the certified high performance coaching really focuses on uh, taking action and behaviors to change your beliefs. So it's the repetition of the things that that you that that you want to adopt. To the point where uncomfortable becomes comfortable, right? And then it just becomes who you are. And you take a look at uh, RTT; it's changing the belief that changes your behavior. So if you combine the two, you're changing you're changing somebody's belief, and then you're uh, adopting a new sense of who they are and what they're capable of, and then giving them the tools to build something that they've always wanted to build. So it's, it's unobstructed and an unob- unobstructed life when done properly.
1: I love this work, man. And I love talking about this stuff because it's so important. it's like what really creates transformation. And my question for you about this is where do you see, what is the biggest limiting belief that you see people have? And, you know, why do some people continue to have it? Like why are they holding on to the story? Mm-hmm. Like walk us through that a little bit because you know this is for my own thing recently and I actually did a video on this earlier is that these stories that may have happened from before just surface now and it's like it's not even true yet we still run that story And it still comes back, regardless of if you've done the work. You know, I've done all the modalities as you have, as anybody on here, but it's still there's that story. And what fascinates me is why that story just comes up sometimes and why it's easier to let go of some where it is for others. You know, and where do you see that with your clients? Like, where do you see what is the limiting belief that comes up a lot? And why Mm. do some people hold on to them more than others?
0: Oh man, this is uh, this is the this is the baseline of of my work. This is the this is this is this is what I went through myself in my, if I can say the word ascension and transition and transformation. Uh, and the more I, I I dive deep into that, the more I work with my clients, the more I, I step into the process of of what my training is. And I learned this through uh, rapid transformational therapy and the beliefs that are coming up, the beliefs that are coming up, the key ones uh, that always come up are I'm unworthy. So if I'm unworthy, then it's, then whatever's out there, uh, I I can't, I can't have it, or um, I need to work that much harder or won't be enough. So the, the, the ones that come up is I'm, I'm not worthy. Uh, I'm not enough. I'm different, and I'm not lovable. So, so those are the so the, the, those are the core ones that come up. And for the viewers out there that uh, that are doing the work, I think you have a great understanding of of what that is and how that shows up. Now, for the viewers that 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 are just getting into this uh, man, that's, if you can really work on those, those core beliefs, your life is going to change dramatically and, and very rapidly. So if you were to take a look at why things are held on to, why, why these beliefs show up and come up, if you, when you're normal, for the most part, when you're brought into this world, if you take a look at a kid, if you look at a uh, you know a newborn, for the most part, you see such innocence. There's no rules, and they're just living. They're their source. They're they're the present. They're they're always present, and that there's they're not thinking about the past. They're not thinking about what's going on in the future. They're just there. Mm. And when you stare and when you gaze into a newborn's eyes or a kid's eyes, there's a certain uh, acceptance that you have for what is and on the flip side us as as children coming out for the most part we are unlimited we have uh, we're full of potential and what holds us back is generational trauma or generational beliefs and society so so if you think about all the rules that were given as a kid or you know if you see I, i'm not a parent right now but you know, watching, watching parents be parents, the amount of rules to keep them safe, the amount of rules to keep them from, you know, uh, for, and protecting them, you know, all these, all these rules are, we have to not live the life and to fall in line of what, uh, what is safe based on our environment. So these beliefs that, that are created at that childhood, uh, why it's so hard to let go of is because the brain, the brain, primarily acts on the history of who you are, and the brain's role and responsibility here is to to keep you safe. It's to make sure that it understands the difference between pleasure and pain, and it it ultimately does what it, you tell it to. Uh, that and that's that next level of of, of growth is having that understandings. But I uh, I'll, I'll hold on to that thought. But for the most part, people, pe- what we think is safe might be uh, dangerous to others. What we think is safe might be crazy for others. Right. So. You know, for people that that are in relationships that are abusive, or you know, that that narcissistic and um, uh, empath relationship, all these different things, there's certain something safe about it, even though it's destructive. We've created this this history of belief that it's that that it's comfortable to be in these types of relationships because the brain loves repetition, the brain loves comfort. So, so having to let these go. Uh, Having to let these go, though there's only there's only uh, a few ways to to help you let that go. It's something traumatic or something big has to change in your life, uh, where you get news like let's say for instance if you're a smoker and uh, if you find out that you that you're going to get a lung transplant, well, you know for the most part people stop smoking. Or another 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 way is uh, is hypnosis. So in order for you to understand what your programming is, because over time, the repetition of, you know, uh, let's say, uh, you being in comparison of a friend that has uh, always has something better than you or has all the video games growing up, that all of a sudden that you're not good enough, right? So the repetition of that over time, uh, that you're not good enough, so you feel safe living in this limited lifestyle, this limited being. And when you think about it, uh, based on the story that I'm telling you is that, you know, when, when we come out of the mother's womb, for the most part is we're unlimited, we're innocent, we're free of any sort of fears other than, you know, being dropped or any loud noises, everything else is built. So, so why is it hard for us to move forward? Why is it hard for, for us to, to really grow? Uh, Because the brain and body love comfort, the brain and body loves pleasure. And there's, there's, there's comfort in there, there's pleasure in comfort, even though, uh, you know, and safety, even though the job sucks, you, you get paid well. There's benefits. There's things like that. But what your heart wants to do is, you you know, you wanna you wanna have a YouTube kitten show, right? Like there's there certain things that that come up that that really hold you back, and that's where limited beliefs come up. That's where traumas come up. So another way of doing that, another way of uh, helping people change is habits. So it's again the repetition over time of the conscious side of things. Uh, and then there's, there's, uh, uh, there's, there's different, the, what is it? Uh, the, the fourth type is having, having transformational experiences like, uh, you know, Bruce Lipton talks about this in biology belief that, uh, that there's, th- those are the three ways. And the fourth one is about, uh, is about having this, 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 uh, experience from trained, people that are able to help you have this uh somatic experience where you're moving past possibility or sorry moving past your general thinking having something instant happen to you mm-hmm. so having something spontaneous happen to you and there's some really great science out there for people to experience that uh and uh you know that's uh that's another thing that I've actually brought on into into my wheelhouse as far as skill sets so uh but but yeah so it's your ability to change and is dependent on your uh, how strong of a belief that you have based on any sort of traumatic experiences that you had or any safety beliefs that you have.
1: Dude. So much value there. Like it is (laughs) so much to unpack. Um, Mm. Did I answer your question? yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You did. Okay. I'm just, Sometimes it like takes me a moment to just like reflect and really absorb because there's so much information in there that I highly recommend you guys go back and listen to you know when this is on the recording because there's there's a lot there and sometimes it's challenging to grasp all of that
0: right mm-hmm. there's
1: a lot there and it's great to just you know have little bits at a time you know, like to really be kind with yourself and just make the steps, like you said, the habits every day. And those are going to be the things that make up your day and your week and your life. And that's what transforms. Right. And I'm just so grateful that you shared that brother, because um, especially now, with what's going on in the world. People need tools, people need help, they need resources. And I love that. And I just wanted to first check on time. Are you okay? Because there's one more a couple of things I want to ask you. Yeah, let's go. Okay. I'm I'm good. I'm good. Cool. So, um, what I like to do as well is, you know, we can talk about these different things. We can talk about the stuff we've overcome in the past, Mm -hmm. you know, in hindsight, it's easy. Right. But what I want to know is like present moment present, let's say last year, you know, what's been your biggest struggle and, you know, what is the great, what is the biggest lesson that your own personal adversity has taught you?
0: Yeah. Uh, the biggest lesson of 2020 is is to be okay with accepting what's not working. Uh, 2020 is about really reflecting on uh, the, the the things that that aren't serving yourself and therefore not serving humanity um, mm. yeah you know being able to transcend beyond and and still connect in this way even though even though that's being pulled away from us even though that's that's not accessible to us for the most part um, you know, 2020 was about really taking a step back and uh, getting back to what's important. And what that is to me, more than ever, is depth of community, depth of relationships. Uh, My life from 1995 to 2018 was very transactional. You know, there's, I have lots of, lots of acquaintances and friends that I care for deeply that I always care about. Uh, But when it came to depth of relationships, because hospitality, it's, you know, it's you're, it's transient. So when people come together in the short amount of time that they're, that they're in that workplace, uh, it's, 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 you're spending, you know. 12, 14 hours, you know, a a day with these people and, you know, it's, it's, you're, you're there for a reason and you're connected in a certain way. And then once you let go of that, then all of a sudden how people are bonded and how people come together is it's different. And I think you're aware of that Lance and the people that, that are in the hospital industry, I think they have a great understanding of that too. For me, it was really getting back to to family. It was getting back to uh, how I can contribute and help and 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 be of service more than ever, uh, because there's you, know, you we all we all see the statistics on what's happening with 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 depression and anxiety, and uh, you know whether whether what was happening in twenty twenty, it was still on the incline. Um, you know suicides things like that and uh, there's a there's a responsibility that i have more than ever now to to help to 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 help people understand that there's tools out there that they don't have to do things alone because i was doing things alone my whole life that was that was my childhood that was you know, my parents are were hard workers and they they left me to my own devices. So I developed this this safety mechanism of doing things on my own. And that's no fault of anybody else's. Uh, but now I realize and I understand in order for me to get to that next level and next layer of depth, it's gonna be it's gonna be creating deeper relationships.
1: Yeah, it's funny you bring that up, Johnny, because I was going to ask you earlier. I was like, you, you say that, but at the same time, you, you, you have a skill at building relationships as well, because you have to, in order to create the success that you did. Right. And you're right. It's very transactional, but there's definitely, there's definitely something there's, there's a relationship skill that has to happen in building trusted relationships in, in that industry. Right. It's like, and with the with the clients, the customers, everybody, right? And you're right though. It's so transient. People come and go, but there's still there's still a lot that we're probably learned that now you can you can use. And that's what I love too. Is like for me as well. It's like relationships is everything. Community is everything.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like
1: we we you know that is we can't do it alone. I mean, why would we want to, right? And it's so important to cultivate those. And the more relationships, the quality of your relationships dictate the quality of your life. I don't know who said that. I stole that quote from somebody, probably Tony Robbins, but it's so important. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we've already had those skills in the past and we haven't even really, you know, I know I look at it like that. I was like, shit, I had to be good at relationships if I could have had anybody's trust. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's now it's like, how could I cultivate those skills that worked in that area now into like this life? Because it's like more, you know, now you can help people in a different way. You know, you can help elevate them in a different way. And that's, that's, what's so exciting about seeing the transition. Right. Mm-hmm. I can really resonate with you on that.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up Lance and the hospitality industry. I'm not shaming it or I'm not, uh, I'm not talking bad about it Uh, if anything I love the hospitality industry it's gotten me to where I am Uh, it's it's at a point for me where now Mm -hmm. I want to do something different I want to do something that's that speaks to me and to how I can contribute in a greater way and you know it's not going to be in uh, a permanent four-wall space it's going to be Online, it's going to be in person. It's going to be global. It's going to be wherever and however. So,
1: yeah, bro, for sure, I, I love it, and so grateful to have this conversation with you, man, because it's been a long time coming, and your story is inspiring. And we both, you know, just seeing each other grow within the last couple of years, and um you know, just just to kind of see how it all has flowed, and how you're doing so well, and. You're helping people, man, and you're, you've come a long way. And what you're doing is so amazing. And, uh, dude, thank you so much for coming on. Honestly, this, it's it's been it's been a long time coming. So thank you.
0: Yeah, it's been an honor, man. I really appreciate it. Where can
1: uh, where can everybody check you out? Where can they learn more about you and uh, if they want to work with you or dive more into your work?
0: Yeah. Uh, so my website is johnnycancoach.com. And that gives uh, all my services, any sort of events that are coming up. And, you know, I'm learning about Clubhouse a little bit more. So you can find me on there as well. Uh, I'm most active on Instagram, which is at Mr. Johnny Can. So Mr. Johnny Can. Uh, So those are the two spots. And, uh, you know, (laughs) whatever shows up in the next month or so, as far as the next one, I'll be on it too. So.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we should have done Clubhouse. I didn't even think about that. Yeah.
0: Next time. Yeah. Next time. Anyways,
1: you guys, make sure you check out Johnny. All the, all the information will be in the show notes, wherever you're watching this, on any of the platforms you listen to, YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Um, if you're, I hope you guys enjoyed this on Instagram. This is the very first University of Adversity on IG. But if you guys did get value from this, please share this with a friend who you feel could benefit from this, who has a great transformational story working on their healing journey, or if you guys can leave us a review on Apple, it's really greatly appreciated. It helps grow the show and it helps, you know, move the needle in the right direction for what we want to do. So make sure to check out Johnny. Love you guys. I appreciate you. We'll catch you soon. Awesome, brother. Thanks everybody. If you feel like it, it's much appreciated. Go leave us a review on Apple. It's really appreciated. Tag us, share this episode with one of your hospitality bar restaurant friends that you feel needs to hear it. Um, You know, these stories are powerful and it's always great to be able to talk about those days and be able to see the transformation. You know, we covered a few different areas there that could be very useful that could help you not just out of the hospitality industry, but in your own life. You know, there's a lot of really interesting tools and modalities out there that can help us get out of the current situation we're in and into a new mindset and into a new belief system. So if you haven't hit that subscribe button, go subscribe wherever you're listening to this. We're also available on YouTube. And you guys, as said before, May 21st, University of Adversity Summit. Going to be absolute fire. Check it out. All the information is in the show notes and on my Instagram bio. Follow me on Instagram, click on the bio, go in there, check it all out. Our new website is is up as well. It's pretty, it's, it's good. We're getting things dialed in again. It's been a lot of change over the last few months, but it's exciting. That's all there. So check it out. And yeah, I love you guys. Have an amazing day. We'll catch you next time.